Quirk. Hello, good evening and welcome to a Tuesday night. Extra time here on Tip FM. It's Ronan Quirk with you until 8 o'clock this evening. We'd love to hear your thoughts and texts on the events of the weekend. Our text number is 083 311 So much to talk about tonight after the events of the weekend. We'll also be announcing later in tonight's show the winner of the October Tiff FM Sports Award for the month of October. This is in association with the Talbot Hotel in Clamel and John Quirk Jewellers in Care. So lots of nominations came in, some great nominations. Obviously events in Semple Stadium on Sunday took a lot of nominations came in. And as well as that, we had, um, well, look, I'll discuss them with you later on in the show, but uh, when we announce our winner, but there's uh, so much to choose from after an action-packed month. And indeed, there's a lot to cover on tonight's show after an action-packed weekend. We've a lot of uh, soccer to cover. Barry Ryan later in tonight's show. We've Camogie with Geraldine Canan, the County Intermediate Camogie final was on. We have a whole championship to review as well, as well as we have uh, Kilroy McDonough's lifting Dan Breen yesterday after such a famine from their, from their point of view. What an amazing contribution both they and Killadangan made to uh, two great games in the stadium. Two great second halves is probably more accurate to say but real excitement last weekend and real excitement yesterday as well or yesterday last Saturday last Sunday I should say um, in relation to events in Semple Stadium. We'll also be hearing from Courtney Maguire and I hope you didn't miss this sports story over the course of the weekend but Courtney Maguire from Clonmel Athletic Club ran her first ever marathon in Dublin on Sunday won the national marathon title. She finished third in the race behind two African runners but ran the seventh fastest time of any Irish woman in history and that's her first ever marathon and she's 23 years of age. One an extraordinary sports story and we'll be talking to Courtney later in tonight's show. Our text number is 083 311 That also works for WhatsApp 083 311 and we'll also love to hear your tweets. Our t- Twitter handle is at TipFMSport. Full time in the stadium yesterday in the Tipperary Senior Hurling Final Replay. Killeran McDonough's 220. Killadangan 116. There was emotion throughout the stadium afterwards in the crowd when the cup was being lifted and then some of the events that happened and Dylan Quirk being remembered it was a hugely emotional day an emotion that wasn't left on uh, with um that and obviously emotion that was evident in the voice of Liam O'Kelly the Kilroan McDonough's manager when he spoke to the media at the end of the full-time whistle it does like you know I, I, look, I, I, whatever I'm going to say it's not, it's not going to capture all that like but look uh, yeah there's a lot of emotion there and People would have said before, you know, I, I read the papers a little bit and they say like, oh, we missed our chance last week. I think maybe a few of the media people are saying, oh, we're done the dogs again this week. And, you know, but I, I, I never bought into that. Like, you know, I know I, I, I trusted the players all week and, you know, and, and we came together there. I, 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 I remember after last week, you know, people said to me, what do you do? We, we all went back to Young's last round, we, we drank three or four pints each to the group of players. Like, you know, I, 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 that's how I operate. I, 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 I work with the players, like, and Joe went off home and we regrouped we in on... on, 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 on on, on Monday, Monday and Tuesday and, and we, we didn't train until Thursday night you know and that was it like you know we came together here for, for team talk and we sat down for a good hour we, we had a bowl of soup and we sat down for a good hour we chatted out and we said look we can, we, we can actually can really go at this like you know what I mean and that's what the players like it's all, it's all about the players like you know what I mean today like and, and the game itself first half you, you didn't come out with the blocks like you did last week and, and you were down and funny for Paddy Williams penalty save you could have been down by more than five points at half time what happened at half time and in that second half you looked a different team altogether yeah look 
I'd, I'd be quite honest about it. What's, what happened in the change room stands in the change room. But look, let's be honest about it. I said to the boys, going in, let's keep it calm. We hadn't hurled that bad, really. When I look back, look back in the videos, probably I'll see. We actually didn't hurl that bad. You know, we just made a few mistakes at, at vital times. And you no, know, my testament to Kill Lang, they'll punish you. Like, they're, they're a quality team. They're, they'll punish you every day, like, you make mistakes. But I knew that, yeah, Paddy Williams, you know, a crucial save at a crucial time. Like, it, it, you know what I mean? I, I, I was standing in the save, like, you know, look, I, I, I can't stand up for Paddy Williams. You know, young lads hurt tip last year. No, he's the future, like, I mean, that's fine. Like, it wasn't about Paddy, it was, it was how we responded, really, was the, was the key after half time. We came back out, we scored three or four points in the trot. We made a few producing changes. There's no, there's no be roaring, shouting. We knew if we hurled, we could and stay hurling and keep the momentum going and keep it going. And, and, and that's what we've done. Like, I, I think we won, I don't know, we won by five or six pulling up, maybe more. I don't know, but like, that was just it, like, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, look, I'm master words, really, but look, that's just the way the game went, like. But, outstanding performance by everybody on, on and off the field we've a huge backroom team there they do fantastic work they're not going to pick anybody out there are three guys there walking out three water boys you know they're helping that's what the club is about like everything pulling together like and, and that's what I, I try to create in the club like you know that was it like and you've probably not put too much thought into this now but next Sunday you've go to Waterford to face Bally Gunner yeah that's probably in the back of your, your minds at the minute not but. even not even on my mind and I'll be very honest let's enjoy tonight let's enjoy tomorrow and whatever that brings but look it, it, it's been an honour to go in Tipperary you know against you know I'll, we could have had, like to have maybe either opposition let's, let's call it Spade Spade all Ireland champions but look uh, we'll deal with that later in the week and we'll, we'll regroup and we'll come together and you know and but look uh, at the moment it's, not, it's, really, it's really not on my mind we'll have to regroup and see where the injuries are and see oh look we'll, we'll put a team out next Sunday and we'll, we'll, we'll go to play and we'll see what, we'll, we'll, take it from, we'll take it from there like That's Liam O'Kelly speaking to Paul Carroll of Tip FM at the full time whistle in the stadium on Sunday Mick Ryan is on the line to join us how are you Mick? I'm great how are you? I'm very well there were two brilliant second halves weren't they? Neither first half really set the world alight but by God the action in the drawn match and in the replay the second half really was exceptional Yeah absolutely um, in both games as you pointed mm. out I was, I was actually just checking the score lines from the first game and it was quite low scoring at half time as well it was 9 points for Kildangan playing Kilroan at 1-9 and last Sunday it was 1-9 for Kildangan and 7 points for Kilroan and I would have been concerned for Killer One at that point. You know, they, they hadn't been hurling well at all. Like, seven points would have been a poor enough return. But then they turned around in the second half and they hit 2.13. So, you know, Extraordinary response. Fabulous. Absolutely yeah. fabulous from their perspective. And, you know, you look at that, but like to outscore a team like Killadangan with the stars, the really quality players that Killadangan have, both in attack and defence as well, uh, it, it's a hell of an achievement because that's a once-in-a-generation Killadangan team. Yeah, and to be fair to Kildangan, they've been building this team. You know, this this hasn't been an overnight thing at all with Kildangan. You know, they've been a really strong club up there in the north, probably a flagship ship type mm. club that have been doing everything right, uh, right down through the through the juvenile ranks, and that's been very measured success and been built upon layer upon layer upon layer. You know, and I suppose even at the outset of the championship, they were in the top two, three, four teams that we all that were in all our minds for the championship. And as the championship wore on, and particularly when it got down to semi-final stages, I think, you know, they were the team with the experience, and we all felt they were the team that, you know, once they get their game together, they were the ones with, the, with probably the firepower to drive on. But 
you know, that's the beautiful thing about this game. It can throw up some surprises and fantastic entertainment. In fairness to both sides mm. on the drawing game, um, you know, really, really good entertainment again, right down to the wire, and we got a draw. And yesterday, like, we got an electric second half. Now, I know it probably, you know, the, the last six, seven, eight minutes were dominated by Kilwan McDonough's, but... You know, both sides gave a great, great uh, effort to try and win it. Absolutely. It really was super stuff. And credit to Kildangan, because you need two teams to make a final and they really made it entertaining as well. But that 2-7 in the second half, whatever, 2-13, sorry, in the second half against uh, Kildangan, seven points, it tells the story in a nutshell. It could have been also different at half time had that penalty gone in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and those are the things, you know, those, those are the breaks. are fine, yeah. Had that, had that penalty gone in, um, God only knows but great credit to Paddy Williams you know to, to get a touch on that and to keep his composure you know it, it's, it's a great debate you know does, does the penalty favour the team that's got the penalty or you know is, it, is all the pressure on the shooter well I wouldn't like to be on my own in the goals to be honest with you facing any of these guys you know and um, um, Barry Hogan took that long run up to take that, that, that shot because like we've seen how Barry Hogan hits those puck outs he has a rifle of a shot he literally arrows those shots out. So, you know, so facing him on the 21-yard line, and I know, look, at the, the, they're conscious these days they have to go back behind the line so they don't break it, so it's, it's struck the full 21 uh, yards yeah, out. A... Um, but look, great credit again. Yeah. They, those are the moments that make matches. I mean, you talk about um, quality in on both sides, but you've got a forward line that has Keane Darcy, Jerome Cal, James Hennessy comes in and out and plays in a variety of positions, Boogie O'Mara, Niall O'Mara. I mean, you know, they, they, that's a serious bunch of players to go to, to go to work with. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and but I suppose the thing that would have everyone would have noticed is um, how in fairness to the Kilroy McDonough management team, how they used their personnel. Um, you know, some amazing things. Like we've seen two of the players on the, in the drawing game um, come off at various stages and go back on. Um, and we saw a bit of it again uh, yesterday or Sunday. Um, Jack Peters was, was taken out at some late point in the second half and they had to call him to go back in for a blood sub for a while, you know. And there was great, there was great togetherness in that camp, you know, because they're, they're accepting of those hard enough calls, you know. And look, at they're not popular calls. They're not easy on players, but they're made and were made with the, obviously with the right intention. And, um, you know, look at the rewards. Yeah. 27 years and you break you break a hoodoo like that. I mean, look, that's the, that's the, that's the stuff of fairy tales. Every club lives for that. That is, I mean, like, they have such a, a, a storied history up there, you know, winning All-Irelands, Len Gainers, uh, Aim Roches, um Dinny Cal, you know, people are household names, but there's a lot of household names coming out of Kilroan now. I mean, attention will turn to Sunday, and it's a very unfortunate set of circumstances. Belly Gunner have done nothing, I think, for nine weeks because the football championship has been running in Waterford. Um, they've been teeing this up. Kilroan are rightly celebrating their success, but they have to be back serious on Wednesday night, don't they? Uh, they do, they do. And, you know, just before I came on, I was listening to Limo Kelly, you know, talk about that. Now, you know, without being drawn into it or making any massive commitments or predictions, um, he made a very simple point that they will go down and compete. And that's exactly what I expect them to do. Um, but look, you know, it's, it's a bit unfair to both sides, in, in my view. You know, it's too short for Kilwan McDonald's because what, what shape are those bodies going to be in after, you know, two Titanic yeah. weeks? And it's yeah. not just two Titanic weeks. It's a series of weeks. You know, because our championship has been, has been, you know, I suppose the closing stages have been very frantic and with lots of matches, and every game was a tight game. There was no the pitches have gotten heavier game. and heavier and heavier. To have, to have, and particularly, 
Look, everyone wants to play. Everyone in Tip wants to be, you know, playing on um, county final day in Simple Stadium. But it is a big pitch. You know, it's not like any of the surrounding pitches. You know, where where the crowd participates to a greater extent. That's a pitch where you've got a hurl and there's no hiding place and the spaces are huge. You know, it's great if you're, you know, if you can use them and it's and it's you're winning and you and you win on that side. It takes. Nothing out here per se, but if you're chasing the game in Simple Stadium, that's a big pitch. Or trying to defend against top class forwards, that's a big pitch. Whereas on um, you know the prospect next Sunday of going down to Walsh Park, which is there's nothing wrong with the pitch in Walsh Park, um, but I suppose the layoff for nine weeks um, for Ballygunner is just huge. You know, and it, it looked it's a strategic decision they've made down in Waterford. Um, these are the reigning All Ireland champions. They have their sights. They, you know they're not going to take. They're at home. They always seem to be at home. But anyway, it's so yeah, they, 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 That's the way the draw. It's a it's an open draw. It's just the way it happens. Yeah, but look, last year we went down uh, to support Lockmore, and uh, I know it was in the Fraher Field and Dungarvan that the match was on in. But um, look, we got a we got a brilliant game. We got an absolutely brilliant game, and Lockmore were in it right to the death and they had had setback after setback right throughout the match you know so I wouldn't um, look we know it, it potentially it looks like a David and Goliath type match and particularly with the timing of the games um, but I wouldn't you know I, I, I think as many of us tip people should get down yeah. make the effort to get into the cars and go down and support Kilron McDonough's they're very worthy of our support uh, a quick word about the intermediate crown going to Lara. Uh, I, I heard an interview with Ken, and it was all about wanting to bounce back up because there was a sense, I think, in Lara that grand and all as the intermediate grade is, this isn't our rightful home. Yeah, and um, look, you know they, they were raging hot favourites before the game. Um, I hadn't seen him play uh, at all, and nor had I seen Money Gall play. But I, look, you know, I thought it was a, a fabulous game. But what a start they got, you know. Um, Christopher Fogarty, who ended up with a hat-trick of goals, like he burst onto the scene, absolutely burst into the scene, and they showed great class. And, you know, after after about three minutes, it was two goals to no score. You know, so, and I immediately turned to Paul Carroll, who was, who was working at the, or commentating on the game, and I said, are we going to be talking about those two goals at the end? And lo and behold, it was exactly what we were talking about in the end. That was the margin. It was a six-point margin. But... I thought um, Laura played a great brand of hurling and um, their energy around the field was absolutely immense. Um, but when the game settled down for Moneygall, and it did take them a while, um, they settled down to play a really, really good game of hurling. Like at half time, it was double scores. It was 2 10 to Laura playing 1 5 for mm-hmm. Moneygall. And you felt for Moneygall because they were doing very, very little wrong, but just um, Laura were. were clinical, you know, and absolutely assassins in front of the goals. And then Christopher Fogarty turns up again in the second half to get his third goal. Like, what a contribution. You know, a huge, huge contribution. Yeah, but I mean, really to do it on the county final day game. in the stadium, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. And you know what, it's great, it's great that, you know, uh, two more teams got to fight it out in the stadium. Yes, I, I feared for it with the weather forecast. I thought one game might get moved and if it was one, any, it might be the intermediate. But just testament to this ground staff in Thurles to be able to hold two games in that weather. And like, and you know the amount of rain that fell over, you know, over the last week, and particularly on Saturday, like it was just relentless. Mm. But you know, as you say, great credit to the ground staff of uh, Simple Stadium. But it's a great pitch. It's always been a great pitch. And um, you know, it, while on Sunday it was great to see a really good crowd uh, coming to support their teams and uh, for County Final Day, uh, it can be an empty enough place for some of the earlier rounds of the championship no doubt about it listen Mick it's good talking to you been great talking to you throughout the course of the year we'll talk to you soon take it easy man
joining us there with his thoughts on the senior and intermediate finals that were played in the stadium over the weekend. We have a break today. Back in a minute. Tip FM's Extra Time with Ronan Quirk. Yeah, you're welcome back to Extra Time here on this Tuesday night. You do not adjust your sets. Yeah, you are tuned to Tip FM on a Tuesday night. We are going to look back on the intermediate final now. Laura Dara, 4-15, money goal, 3-12 was the final score. Laura bounced back up into Premier Intermediate and, as you can imagine, and understandably delighted Ken Hogan spoke to Liam Hogan, no relation, at the end of the match. Uh, but what a day for the parish. It's all about the club. You know yourself, Liam. You've done mar- mar- marvellous service, you know, in Shannon Rovers. And thankfully, we are keeping the home fires burning. But to achieve Premier Intermediate status straight away on the rebound after being relegated last year is a huge fill-up for us. So for all the youngsters in the parish, it's a huge thrill to come here to Simple Stadium, to feel the dreams and to feel the legends, and to win a county final. Uh, two, 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 county, two, two county finals 2007, Nina and Torres. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a unique way of doing it. Nina, great stamping ground for us, but more importantly, I suppose, just absolutely thrilled for the club and the parish. Uh, we went in at the deep end, but we knew we had to come back up. And, you know, great men uh, worked with the team for the last couple of years John McIntyre, Eamon Maher, Martin Young, James O'Mara. And they wished me all the very best. And uh, it was incumbent upon me to come back to my own club. And it was incumbent to. To, to get a structure together to get back here because as you know if you slip for a year or two it's all the harder to get back up you got a great start the two goals from Christopher there yeah Christopher's start was a huge thing Money Gall and Laura all my life I'm fighting battles with Money Gall I played as a youngster against the Ryans in the full forward line we knew Money Gall would come with all guns blazing but uh, what an occasion for us what an occasion to play in Simple Stadium but the key thing for us is to get promotion and get back up and they did come and they came within five points of you after ten minutes into the second half yes and, and the game and the momentum was with with Money Gall but thankfully you know Kevin Hawk was excellent in the goals for us we won a few hard balls and of course Patrick Bonner-Maher what more can we say he took a lot of punishment during the game but what a finish you know who else does like old times the under Joanne All-Ireland remember him he ran through got a brilliant goal off his right and a superb finish for Bonner as well yeah. and, and great for Kevin he's, he's the second county medal now after 2006 yeah and we think today of Kieran Hawk as yeah, well yeah. and Ollie Cleary Kieran Hawk like is the, is the lifebeat of our club uh, you know to get to rupture his Achilles tendon and to win it without Kieran and Ollie and Kevin Maher who's a long term injury great people and great parishioners but absolutely thrilled for everybody in the parish that's Ken Hogan, thrilled for everybody in the parish and I can imagine there's great excitement and celebration in Laura as we speak. Paddy Stapleton, uh, author, teacher, All-Ireland winner, is on the foot line. How are you, Paddy? Not too bad, Ron. How are you? I hope I haven't missed anything out on that list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some negatives. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, we'll talk about that some other time off air. We, um, we'll come to the inter- we'll, go- we'll talk come to the senior in a second. Just on the intermediate final, uh, I ne- it was while there was only six points, and I say only six points between them. You always got a sense after those two goals that you know Money Gall had given themselves too much to do. Yeah, they had. Um, look, at I think Laura were big favourites coming into the match. So um, when you get the big start in, you know, as the underdog, it kind of does weigh on top of you. So no, I suppose Laura deserved winners in the end. And, you know, I suppose a lot of people surprised when they went down last year um, and popped straight back up. And fair play to Ken, you know, hearing the interview beforehand, his passion is obvious for mm-hmm. Laura, you know. Uh, he's been over him a few times. And, you know, I'm delighted for him as well. And he's had success elsewhere in Kilcormac, Kilockney and places like that. But the, the, the call of the club, your home club, I'd say when that phone call was made by the county board chairman, it's not one you can turn down. 
No, very difficult. And, you know, they know more than anyone how much he's done for Laura. So I'm sure they, they don't run to the phone because, you know, he's, he's, he's given so much to it already. But I suppose when the need is greatest, you have to try and, you know, mm. get your best men on the job. And obviously he, he's always there and will help. And he, as he has been with Tip as well, you know, he's managed Tip and then he was back in with Tip in my time uh, doing goalkeeping coach and different, different jobs. So Ken and Fairness is such a selfless man yeah absolutely delighted for everybody up there and uh, hope they're celebrating and now no doubt Clock Jordan Art Crony and Kilroan would be the place to be as well tonight and indeed over the weekend I would imagine uh, because it's been so long and you know yourselves in Bursley that you know to, to bridge that gap it, there's pressure on players because you grow up all your life hearing about these great teams of old don't you? Oh, well that's it like I mean a lot of them have fathers and uncles you know neighbours that were on that team and uh, as they were in our parish, I think they were probably sick of being the last team to win it, and you know nobody happier than the, themselves when Killer One got over the line and looked was, was completely deserved. Uh, I was delighted for him, like you know Killer Dangan have been very consistent over the last few years, but it's always nice to see a team who haven't won it before or they haven't won it in years, you know, get over the line and you know you've let there have achieved lifetime dream really, like mm. you know that's that's what we base a lot of our life around hurling and uh, you might never win anything, so. That could be one of the first, you know, first big things a lot of those players have won. So it's brilliant. I think at the end, the connection that has now developed between Clonelty Ross Moore and Kilroan McDonough's was very, very evident. And the fact that Dylan was remembered at the end, I think, was, oh, it was, you know, it was just a lovely touch. It, 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 it spoke a lot about the club of Kilroan McDonough's to take the time in their celebration to do that. Yeah, I think so. It's, it's, it's very obvious and, and understandable how heavy, you know, that night. Uh, lent on Killer One, you know, and uh, although uh, Dylan Cork isn't from Killer One, there's a huge connection there now, and I know there was a lot of Clonalty, um play- players and people that were up in, in Clock Jordan last night, and um, it is something special, and you don't see it between too many clubs, and I suppose together now, they're forged together from that night, mm. and you know, I think Liam O'Kelly had, had uh, Dylan Cork in his thoughts all year, um, and it's just, it's just something, that, but it's so unique to GA it is yeah Ireland the the connection that we all have we're just we run through each other in GA we're just the whole county the province the country just linked together with GA and I suppose that's one of the the nicest sort of examples we could ever see yeah I know it was was beautifully done now you've probably hurled a bit with Seamus Hennessy and nice guys don't always get what they deserve in sport and people don't always get what they deserve in sport in general but I think it's a lot of people who've watched Seamus over many years are delighted that he's got his hands on the county senior medal. Absolutely, and uh, what a that There was more times when he he wasn't going to be coming back down from Dublin, and he was giving it up with the knee injuries. Like you know, Seamus Hennessy was probably the biggest loss to Tipperary hurling over the last ten years. Uh, when Declan Fennan stepped away, he was probably the heir apparent for the halfback line, and massive loss to Boris Lee. So what he's been able to do, or sorry, to Tipperary. Yeah. So what he's been able to actually do for um, on one leg. On one leg, on one leg, he's such a talented, talented hurler. Mm. Um, but he's still massive contributions this year. He came on in the quarter final against Tumi Vera. He was excellent when he came on. He came on in the semi final, did a fine job, and then you know to finish the job, you know I thought it was a great move not starting him yesterday because it was more so the first match they needed him to start for the experience, just for that first twenty minutes. But yesterday, Killer One knew you know that they were at the level of. Kilvangan, they were experienced from the first match, so they just left him towards the end. And it's always nice to be able to get a guy off the bench that uh, has that kind of experience. You know about readying yourselves for battle after you win a 
a Dan Breen for the first time in almost a generation and then get ready for a tilt at the Munster Championship. It's a big ass though, isn't it? Bally Gunner away next Sunday. Yeah, look, it is a big ask. But I suppose if we look at it, Lockmore very, very easily could have beaten him last year. Um, we all remember John McGrath, the, the goal, yeah. the, sorry, the penalty being overturned and, you know, if, it, if Lockmore had scored that, it was nearly one or two puck outs left with a point down and they were kind of the team of the ascendancy. So, look, at the, we know Ballygunner are an excellent team, but the big thing about them is they have a style of play um, and Lockmore were able to negate it to an extent last year. We managed to, obviously, in poor conditions uh, three years ago. So I see no reason why Kilowan can't go and really get stuck into them because you'd have to say about Kilowan this year, whether it's the cause or it's Craig Morgan, maybe that cause as well, yeah. that they're fighting fighting on, uh, on their backs for each other, like really like I never saw before. So that's that's a, such a key element, chasing lost causes, aggression, uh, and they have two or three guys up front who can do real, real damage. But or if you've got Keen Darcy and Jerome Cal, like playing like they're yeah. playing. Not it's to mention the Keane O'Kelly, Keen O'Kelly and Niall O'Mara, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, and, and, and the big thing, and I suppose what I was talking about last week is the injury worries. Now in fairness, they're getting through these matches and they're, you know, you see Bill O'Mara, you know, to me was nearly going off the field the other day and then he has a, a, an unbelievable last 15, 20 minutes. So it's just to try and get that right for Sunday. Now look at their well entitled and Jay themselves, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, you know, if they, whatever they want to do. But to just get the, the heads right then for Sunday because it was special to win the county final for us. But God, we, we had a magical journey afterwards. So, yeah. you know, if they could get going at all, it'd be brilliant. Absolutely. Just before I let you go, uh, people will remember that you launched a book up in the air. It was about 12 months ago now, maybe more. But you've got found time somehow in the course of the remaining 12 months to write a sequel. Yeah, yeah, a little bit longer than that now, Ronan, but um, yeah, the sequel written um, is called Up Near Muckfest, so it's just, it's based around the town of Glenstown that the kids live in, and it's the same characters as the, the last book with a couple added in, so I just feel, you know, I'm very, very happy with it, just adding on from the last book, maybe, to me, an even more fun experience to write this one, um, where they were fighting together to win a county championship in the last one, now they're kind of nearly like civil war, where they're, they're trying to take each other on, like a, a street league that we might have played in Norway, so um, it's set around a festival in their village as well, so look, I'm absolutely delighted with it, and, um, I, 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 and the last time I had an awful lot of parents asking me about, you know, a, a book for younger kids, mm. so I'm actually releasing two books tomorrow, one is obviously Muckfest, and the other is called My First Hurley, so it's more of a picture book, uh, definitely some reading in it as well, but it's more for your, you know, it could be four, five, six, seven, eight-year-olds, um, and it's all about going to get your first hurley and that magical feeling, um, and so the three main characters of up in the air go and they, they have a little journey and they meet the the hurley maker old Neil and they, they test out the hurleys and again just another fun little thing uh, that I was able to put together Well look I think you're launching them tomorrow night wish you the very best of luck with that Paddy hope you get a great response I know you're going to get a great response to it just like you got from your first book and uh, listen it's uh, many congratulations on finding the time and, and also uh, getting around to doing that because we all uh, None of us, always, we always have, people say they have a book in them, but you've now got three published in the course of the last couple of years. So many congratulations to you. And uh, listen, best of luck. We'll talk to you again soon, Paddy. Thank you. Take it easy. That's Paddy Stapleton there. And we wish him well with those books Up in the Air, Muckfest, and My First Hurley. Now imagine if that was published in Kilkenny, that I had to change it to My First Hurl or something like that. And grammatically, that wouldn't work. We'll take a break. Tip FM's Extra Time with Ronan Quirk. You're very welcome back. Just just have a last word on hurling and who better than Tom McGrath to have the last word on any matter. How are you, Tom? 
good running. Ah, it's been a good championship now as I look back on it and reflect on it. Hey, yeah, I think so. Like that, sure. You had, you had a lot of the, a lot of the, 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 the regular clients there, 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 thereabouts. Like, but at the end of the day, then to get a, get a what, thirty-seven to go back thirty-seven yeah. years for the last one at the end of the day, sure. That adds to the, the romance of the whole thing. Like, sure, it's 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 so super for super for Killer One. It you know a bit bit devastating, I suppose. Maybe it's too strong a word. Like, but for Killer Dangan, like it's a, it's a it's a major setback for him like you know three three losses in four in four years tough going like so they have to regroup now as well like but oh, they have the talent though they have they, they have there's no, no doubt about that like I mean there can be an awful lot of talk about the, about the winners like but the, the losers deserve a bit of it because it takes two to Absolutely. produce a match like and, and and to produce two good two really exciting second halves in the two games yeah I think so like this I think people a lot of the purists wouldn't be, wouldn't have been really impressed with what was going on like, but I mean if you had a score fest in there in there on Sunday for 60 minutes sure there'd be an outcry then that we have we're not able to play we have no defence we have no defenders like mm-hmm. so I mean you can't have it both ways if you have a top class backman Martin a top class forward well sure isn't it it's a game of very fine margins then and they tend to cancel each other out like uh, I mentioned this already with Paddy but I think that um, the umbilical that now exists between Clonality and and Killer One is something that is nobody foresaw nobody could possibly have foreseen at the start of the year but it just goes I think to the heart of what the GAA is I, I, I can't imagine another sport where something like this could players would take time out from their greatest moment to remember an opponent um, it, 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 it just oozed class really you know. yeah it's a terrific a terrific uh, bond everything. but he had, he had individual bonds there I suppose really but like, yeah, from why, minor and under twenties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that's par for two. But uh, I think I think like I'd give huge credit to Killeron. Killeron are a classy club. I'm not saying it because they won it rent like that now, but I think that they've 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 done different things since since that fateful evening. That were you know. Not they weren't looking for plots, looking not looking for highlights, not looking for anything. I was I was in Temple Toohey the day they had the rematch in the that to re, re, to refixture and that day there was a couple of presentations made very very suitably done but done discreetly there was no razzmatazz or nobody mm. wanted that because it wasn't it wasn't some far that like, but they went about it in a quite dignified sort of way and I think they're they, they, but that's that's kill one they have great they have great people there in the background that they might they might be you know, from another from another era or back a bit, but they're highly respected and respected within the community. And I think their fingerprints was on a lot of what what has has gone on. And okay. I think that they deserve tremendous credit for that. Absolutely. Right? Just before I let you go, because we have a busy show tonight, as you can imagine, Tom. A quick word on the Bally Gunner game. Which one? The Bally Gunner game coming up <laughs> next Sunday. Oh, the one next Sunday. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not yeah. going back to you. Yeah. No, 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 no. I don't want, nobody wants to go back there either. Sorry, like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think um, no, no. I think I think Kilowan will will go into this. Bit like there's there's similarities there between the Kilowan style of going about things and a lot more Castellani way of going going about things too when it comes to matches and that type of stuff. And I think they they'll what they need to do is just draw a little bit from what a lot more Castellani did last year. McRae referred to it there earlier too. That ferocious adversity and almost chiselled out a win out of it and sure the rest was history like but no I think Kilron will have had their, their 
their celebrations and that type of stuff and they're entitled to do that but they're a professional classy outfit as I said already but they're they're not going to go down there just for the crack on Sunday I believe anyway I think that they have too many that there's, there's too many lads that have been around a good while and I mean all they do is look at it has taken 37 years to get back to where they were and I think they'll they'll embrace this opportunity and they'll be reminded of that too and you know they have a number of players there on the on the team and on the panel that have been around for a long, long time, and they'll they'll see this as an opportunity to to trade their wares as well and show what they're what they're made of. And like to maybe going a bit far to say they'll go down and they'll win it, but I think they'll give a right good account of themselves. And I mean they, they've they've um, shall we say proved the pundits wrong on a lot of occasions. So yes, I've used the word this, this year, like. a couple of times about them. Absolutely. Yeah, Listen, yeah. Tom, i got to fly, as you can imagine. Yeah, okay, All right, talk to you soon. And that's Tom McGrath with his reflections on the Championship. And just before I go, you know, when you talk about the Championship 2022, I think you have to mention Upper Churchstrom Band because they added so much colour and, you know, showbiz to the uh, to the occasions at senior football, senior hurling and junior A. And finally, and thankfully, they got a trophy at the end of it. Uh, Stephen Gleeson is an upper church native. He's on the line. Stephen, your reflections on 2022 from a church point of view? Hi, Ronan. Uh, sure, look, it's brilliant to have won the junior A title for the first time in the club's history, really. And, you know, we won a made, I think, back in 1996. And there's great people involved that time, like Packy Whale and Packy Ryan Dury. They're all gone and passed away, uh, Packy Whale, in this year. And, you know, there was a just a lot of stuff, I suppose, crops up over time. And it was maybe James Barry and Pat Short that they were the key lads on that team. And it was great to, to get that county win. You look at the senior then, Ronan. Uh, you're looking at that uh, getting to the football final that's huge progress this year you know it really is and uh, Kirwan were fantastic in the Hurland semi-final um, their skill levels were unbelievable in the the wet of Turles that day and uh, that they deservingly won the Hurland semi-final well against Upper Church in the end and could have won it by a lot more really but uh, and they were brilliant brilliant on Sunday there but um, to reflect I suppose ultimately the, the senior team had a superb year in going to stages they haven't got to before but again just uh, silverware was elusive at senior level yeah. and that, uh, that was a pity really I'm delighted, I'm delighted for the likes of Conor O'Dwyer who keep football going in the parish as well you know I mean to get to a football final I'm sure he had a broad smile on his face yeah, absolutely. The work he's done really over a couple of decades, really, back in 2002 it started and then I think he was the manager in 2015 when uh, the Intermediate County title was won and like senior since then and, and other people have taken up the mantle like John Ryan there and like Savon Short, Seamus Griffin, Andy Canan this year really and the team has just come on all the time and the club has moved on now to the point that the younger players see football as you know a very real prospect whereas you go back 20 years playing senior football wasn't really even in people's thoughts because there was one junior team now there's two junior teams there at football and uh, like that that's huge progress really yeah. but again like we played Lockmore I think in um the mid semi final there in senior football and uh, talking to a couple of the players afterwards, we're just very disappointed. Lockmore won that, and it's Lockmore and Brackens in the mid senior football final now, which is on the horizon there. So just getting silverware is huge at uh, senior level, and that's 
the next step really is to you know a get to a final which happened this year in senior football but you've got to start you know winning those yeah. and winning divisional titles and they're still elusive so so it's not like you know I know it's you've not, not it. yeah no no a lot of work done a lot more to do but I gotta fly Stephen talk to you soon many congratulations to everyone in Upper Church on a super year for them let's take a quick break Tip FM's Extra Time with Ronan Quirk well, there was lots of drama on the sports fields of Tipperary over the course of the weekend, but there was drama aplenty on the streets of Dublin as well because Conmel girl, Conmel woman, Courtney Maguire, won in dramatic fashion the National uh, Mar- Marathon Championship. I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Courtney on the line now. Good evening to you, Courtney, and many congratulations. Hi, Ronan. How are you? Thanks um, a million. Uh, listen, I mean, a lot. the examiner says you shocked people by your performance. Did you shock yourself? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. I I couldn't imagine that that's how the day would unfold, and and just on cloud nine. Um, what was your plan? Because marathons, you know, it's a as you you don't need me to tell you. Lots can go right and lots can go wrong over the course of twenty six miles. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I didn't really have a plan to be honest. Like I just I I knew that I had the training done over the last few weeks. I had the coach's advice, and I just stuck to it and relaxed and yeah got into a rhythm and just went with it it's amazing how many people win marathons when they attempt it for the first time i'm thinking of people like jerry kiernan i know it's a bit before your time but when he won in 82 he'd never ran a marathon before and maybe there's a there's something in that that the fact you don't know what you're letting yourself in for takes away any fear factor yeah i think you just don't have you can't really think about it you don't know how hard it's going to be so you just yeah you kind of just find your rhythm and go along with it so yeah, find someone to follow. <laughs> did you need Did you need a pacer, or was there somebody with you in the early stages? There was actually it was uh, me and Anne Marie McGlynn. I just I didn't think I couldn't have planned to have been beside her for nearly all of the race. It was only the last seven k that I kind of broke away from her, but like I I couldn't have dreamed that. Like you know, so I just said that I'd um, try stick with her for as long as I could, and just felt good then and pushed on and kept looking behind me I was sure she was going to come but yeah no she never did so I mean it's it's an extraordinary achievement for somebody if you forgive me for so young because sometimes marathon runners mature later in their careers it's something that attracts maybe you know somebody like Sean Tobin might end up running a marathon but he's a miler and people will know him as a miler um, so as he gets older he you know his, his body changes more towards a marathon distance but you're still in your very early 20s yeah yeah um, yeah, I didn't think that I'd be running one for a few more years, to be honest. But after I ran the half marathon up in Larin, it just it went really well. So um, Sean and David Mansfield, they they gave me a call and basically they just asked would I do Dublin, and I said I would. I'd give it a go because I trusted them. Like I trust they know their stuff, you know. Yeah, they've been around. In fairness, David and Sean, no uh, international running. I gotta yeah. ask you, what was it that attracted you to running? You know, it's it's a, it's a it's a, it, it requires a huge amount of time. It requires, it's it's very, um, you know, you're isolated. It's a very, uh, it's not a team sport. So what was it about it that, that attracted you from a sporting point of view? Um, yeah, I, I kind of got into it, I suppose, like quite late because most people, their parents would kind of put them into it mm. when they're younger or whatever. So, yeah, when I was in transition year, I think it was in school, I used to do the athletics at more so just to get out of class, really. Um, but we had a great coach in school, David Keneally, and he used to bring me up. I think training was on a Friday in school. 
he used to kind of drag me out of the assembly hall and bring me up and I just, I caught the bug for it then and he told me to go up, give the athletics club a go and um, yeah, just didn't look back from there, loved it. Yeah, well I'm thrilled for you. I mean, what next? I mean, I'm sure you're only, you're still coming to terms with your success. That's the seventh fastest marathon time by an Irish woman. Did yeah, you? I still, I, I can't process that, like, really. <laughs> can't process it. <laughs> when you think how many great Irish athletes there have been over the years, and to be in the, the top 10 at the age of 23 is a phenomenal achievement, Courtney. Um, so many congratulations to you. So, like, I so suppose much. my question then is what next? I, and I realise the dust is only settling on what happened on, on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. That's probably one of the, the most frequent questions I'm getting since Sunday. Um, what's next? So I don't really know. Like, I'm just, I'm going to see what Sean thinks and see what David thinks and um, just whatever they say I'll do, you know, because it seems to be working. Yeah, no, it is working. I mean, it's, uh, look, we wish you many congratulations. I'm sure. How was, how were you feeling when you woke up Monday? I imagine now that's your first time doing 26 (laughs) miles. So the joints, the knees, the back, everything really hurts. Oh, yeah, no, I actually don't feel too bad. So, um, (laughs) yeah, no, (laughs) I'm, yeah. It's good to be young, Courtney. (laughs) They recover. Yeah, that could be it. You was on my side, so. Yeah, no, I feel I feel good enough now at the moment. A little bit of a niggle in my ankle, but I'm sure the few days will do good. Yeah, look, I mean, Hearty's congratulations to be a national champion at such a young age. The the world is your oyster, Courtney. We wish you every success and wish you all the very best in the future. And many thanks, thanks for joining so us. Thanks so much, Ronan. Thank you. On air, online, and on your smartphone. This is Tip FM. Sorry about that, that wasn't supposed to happen at all. That's a news jingle, but that wasn't what we were supposed to hit at all. Uh, this is Ronan Quirk here and listen to Extra Time here on, on Tip FM. My apologies for that. This is what I was supposed to sting. With Ronan Quirk. So much success on the playing fields of Tipperary over the weekend and indeed on the streets of Dublin as well as we've just been speaking about. But the football season is well and truly up and running and international success coming our way as well because Jimmy Carr captained Ireland in the Nations Cup qualifying tournament this weekend um, Barry Ryan our soccer correspondent is on the line good evening to you Barry good evening Ronan how are you our listeners don't need reminding how good a footballer Jimmy Carr is but he's getting his due, res- due desserts at international level and to captain your country and follow on such a line of great football Tipperary footballers like James Walsh Paul Breen who have not only played for Ireland but also captained Ireland yeah, phenomenal to be still performing at that level. And I'd love to know how long it is since his first cap to his most recent one. But it just really testifies that he's still performing on a weekly basis at the top level and such an integral player for his country at the moment and to qualify for the UEFA Regions final. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, I suppose, the pinnacle of a junior footballer's career that you get selected for the national team, but then to go to an international tournament. Uh, you know, days like this don't come around very much for a junior footballer. No, and I now someone might quote me on this if I'm wrong, but I would looking at the squad, I would think him and Brendan O'Connell are the only two in that panel with a UEFA Regions medal. Yeah, just it's 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 extraordinary, and you think of how many years James Walsh soldiered with that. You know, that was his reward for his contribution to junior football. It's very very important that we honour and respect that. Yeah, absolutely. It's the highest accolade that Jimmy can achieve uh, for himself, his family, for his club. But I suppose it's one thing to be still playing for Ireland, but to captain Ireland, but to be captain in a successful Irish team that have qualified for another, I mean, that's their European Championship. Yeah, it is, absolutely. Yeah. Do, uh, do you know when that's on or where it's on? 
Um, I'm not sure where it's on, but I think it's on in the summer. Yeah, it was something we'll keep an eye on closer to the time, closer to the action. I think pitches were under pressure a bit this weekend. That's understandable, but big win for Clameltown. A huge win um, and a real testament to the group, the management, the players and everything. They've had a difficult time, uh, tough fixtures in the FBI in Munster, had to go to Cook Park, had to go to Turles and then your season is probably on the line in a local derby against Thomas Celtic and to produce the performance that they produced on the day, blockbuster, 5-0. I mean, the fact it was Celtic, did that, that, that'll obviously add a little bit of... Um, of delight, I would imagine, to the players and management because it's a local derby. But they needed that, I think, in their season to uh, to to right the the wrongs of the Peak Villa and the the St Michael's results. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Camel Celtic would have really fancied it as well, thinking Camel Town were vulnerable. Well, Celtic um, played so well against St Michael's in the calendar in terms of it's the battle of Camel is the two biggest teams, and I think. For town, if they're going to go back to winning leagues, you have to be top dog in your own town first. And emphatically, they have proved that's still the case. And it's fairness, that's a decent Celtic team that I think held Michaels to a 1-0 one in, in an FAI only very recently. Yeah, that's a that's Thomas Celtic team that played St. Michaels twice recently um, in really, really tight games. And were level with Peak Villa going down the stretch two weeks ago, only to lose to a late goal. Yeah, elsewhere there was a big win for Peak Villa over Wilderness and you just never know what kind of Wilderness is going to turn up, do you? No, and I suppose, look, the one thing, and I don't think they'll, they'll fault me for saying it, they don't travel particularly well. They make their home games a fortress, but they're struggling a little bit on the road, albeit far one game away to V, who just can't pick up a result anywhere at the moment. V went up to Newhill Park and, you know, when the weather's not great, it seems to be particularly acute up in Newhill Park. Tumal Boris got the better of not just the weather, but also the goals, 4-0 for them. Yeah, and look, Daniel Raffer getting a couple of goals and he seems to be up and running now. Um, and Boris, after maybe a bit of a shaky start, um, have bounced back, looks like they're the team that are going to challenge the big three again to finish fourth. Um, and they're getting a bit of consistency as well. And look, it's V are just going to need to find a result somewhere soon. I mean, Scart, we've discussed many times in the show, is a difficult place to go and play, a bit like Wilderness, but they're going to have to do more than just make their, their home ties difficult for opponents. No, they're getting to the situation now where they're going to have to pick up a result or two on the road because they're still looking to get off the mark. Um, and, you know, I still think, and I know you've mentioned it a couple of times, Bancha with GA over will start to pick up results. Yeah, yeah and Wilderness have... Cullen Latin at home in the FAI next Sunday 2.30 on the bypass they're going to have to make sure that they get out of this area Yeah 100% that's the one thing that keeps your season going uh, you get a cup run like that and it feeds into league form Tipperary Cup everything uh, especially if you can get into that open draw and get maybe a nice trip up the country it's brilliant for everybody Barry it's always good talking to you we'll touch base next week and look back on the FAI Brilliant, Ronan. Thank you very much. That was Barry Ryan speaking to me just before we came on air this evening. I mentioned the Tip FM Sports Star of the Month for October and I've just been handed a piece of paper. Courtney Maguire, Clamell Athletic Club, the seventh fastest female marathon runner in Irish athletic history, 23 years of age, winner of the National Marathon Championships from Clamell Athletic Club, is the Tip FM Sports Star of the Month for October and well-deserved for her, delighted for her, and we will follow her progress and her and her career with great interest here on Extra Time. Just before we go off air this evening, Geraldine Canan with a bit of Camogie Forest Intermediate Final this weekend, Ger. Yeah, Bursley had a great win at the weekend, um, beating Shannon Rovers, heartbreak for Shannon Rovers for the third year in a row beaten in the final but um, I think they can, they'll can. they agree that Boris just were the better team overall despite a slow start 
Um, they went, I think it was seven points down at one stage, but came back and only trailed by a few points at the break and were excellent in the second half and ran out 3-7 to 2-6 winners there over Shannon Rover. So a really good um, intermediate final played in very difficult conditions and a, a fantastic win for Burris Lee. They last won the intermediate title back in 2014. They were up senior for a few years, back in intermediate for a good few years and back up senior now next year. Uh, before that, they have a Munster semi-finals played this Sunday um, against Agabalog of Cork. Uh, they won their intermediate county final in extra time. So they take on Burst Lee at half two on Sunday. And then Drummond Incher also out this Saturday against De La Salle. That's in the senior Munster final in De La Salle at two o'clock. So we'll be keeping a close eye on the Tipperary representatives in Munster now next weekend. Yeah, it's busy time. I'm told that intermediate final, despite the conditions, was a really good game. Yeah, a really entertaining game, I suppose. A lot of drama and twists and turns. And like I said, Shannon Rovers uh, really got off to a great start and put down an early marker and were a goal and four points up um, with the strong wind. Boris didn't score to like the 21st minute, but they got a goal, um, I suppose, a far shoes enough goal from distance. And that just kind of kick-started. You can kind of tell they just needed a score to settle. And they kind of never really looked back after that. And, um, you know, they had super performances all over the field, like Julianne Burke in defence, Aideen Hogan, I thought, played a real captain's role. Some of the younger players really stood out. Katie Fitzgerald and her sister Aoife mm. uh, put in a superb shift. Aoife Ryan finished with 1-2. So they, have, they had you know, a fantastic team performance and uh, one real character as well. Gerard got a fly. Many thanks for your time this evening. Thanks, Ronan. Take it easy. Geraldine Canan with Camogie. That's all we've time for. We'll be back with you next Monday night. Back to Mondays uh, next week. Ian O'Connor produced. Good night and good luck. So